Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel Record of Luke. The Gospel Record of Luke and chapter number 3. The Gospel Record of Luke in chapter number 3. We're marching through this wonderful gospel, this detailed gospel, showing Jesus Christ his life and ministry. Remember that as we go through the Gospel Record of Luke, it is written as a research project, trying to be as detailed as possible, trying to give... Um, things to, that are important in the life of Christ for the purpose of understanding that Jesus Christ was the perfect man and that he is our example. We see that all throughout the gospel record of Luke. And as we come to the gospel record of Luke, we have seen the early eight, uh, stages, the birth of Jesus Christ, him as a teenager. We switched over to John the Baptist as John the Baptist begins his earthly ministry of uh, preparing the way to make the road straight to preaching the message of repent, repent. And now we begin to see Jesus Christ as he starts his earthly ministry. With that, we find in the gospel record of Luke chapter number 3. The gospel record of Luke chapter number 3, notice with me in verse number 21. The gospel record of Luke chapter number 3, starting at verse number 21. Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was open. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son. In thee I am well pleased. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, mark a phrase that we find in the Gospel record of Luke chapter number 3. Gospel record of Luke chapter 3 and verse 21. Jesus also being baptized. Jesus also being baptized. And with this, we want to explore the baptism of Jesus. The baptism of Jesus. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come to you, we're just asking that you would give us grace and that you would give us mercy. Help us to understand your scriptures. Open it up with your precious Holy Spirit that we could see not only the life of Christ, but also the example that he was towards us. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. The baptism of Jesus Christ, of course, is chronicled in all three or all four gospel records. Luke has one of the shortest accounts of just two different verses. If you don't mind, let's migrate to the gospel record of Mark, chapter number one, and see this event as it is listed in the gospel record of Mark in chapter number one, and see what the baptism of Jesus there. And let's explore and understand more about this significant event of Jesus' baptism. Now, Jesus Jesus' baptism starts his public ministry. Before this time, Jesus is about 30 years old uh, since he had been born in Bethlehem. What has he been doing during this time? Well, he's had a job. He's been working. He's been giving an example of work. His earthly ministry only lasted three and a half years, so he had to work a living. Remember, Jesus Christ is our example in all things. 
And so he, he was in all points tempted like we were. He knew what it was to hold down a full-time job. He knew what it was to have customers, he was a carpenter, to have customers who did not appreciate it. Now, can you imagine he's perfect and everything he does is perfect, but yet there's always going to be someone who complains? You know people like that? Met people like that? So he knows what it's like to deal with people who are just not satisfied even when you do your best. He's been through that. But now as he starts his public ministry, he moves from his job to full-time ministry, and it starts with his public baptism. Notice, if you don't mind, the gospel record of Mark, chapter number 1, and let's see this same event listed in the gospel record of Mark. Uh, Gospel record of Mark, chapter 1, verse 9. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now with this, let's start off and let's learn some more about this event. The first thing we point out here in the gospel record of Mark is the visit. The visit. As Jesus Christ comes, notice it gives the location in verse number 9. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee. Now this is pretty significant because Nazareth and Galilee are looked down with contempt by the rest of Judea. That if you were a true Jew, you grew up in Jerusalem. And that you had the mannerisms. There was a type of way that the people in Jerusalem spake. Meanwhile, if you came from Galilee, and much worse if you came from Nazareth, that they were, Galileans were easily picked up by their dialect. They were easily picked out by the grammatical errors and mispronunciation of words. Basically, they are the backwater town. And so you'd have people who don't talk right. They say ain't and they come and they have their own way of speaking. And the city folk in Jerusalem looked down upon them and because they said, you sound like you're uneducated. You sound like you're backwater. You sound like a modern word. You sound like a hick. And and so the city people, the people of Jerusalem and the rest of Judea, they would look down upon the Galileans. Uneducated, didn't speak right. They spoke with a, uh, in a way that um, showed that they didn't speak proper uh, language of their day. And yet Jesus came from this backwater town. This town that was already looked down upon by the rest of the Jewish people, by the rest of the Hebrew people. He came from the sticks. And so as he came, he came from Nazareth of Galilee and came for the purpose of being baptized. Now, that brings up the question, Why did Jesus come to be baptized? Well, he had nothing to repent from. Remember, John's message is to repent. And we spoke about that last time that that John said that baptism was for the remission of sins. And we explained that word for. That there's two meanings of it. That I could do it because of or I could do it in order to. And the idea of John baptizing, he baptized... Because of repentance. Because they repentance, the proof, the evidence of repentance is that they went and followed the Lord in baptism. Remember that baptism is just a picture. You get into the water and you get wet. 
It doesn't wash away your sins. It doesn't make you magically holy. It doesn't do save you. It doesn't have any saving merit. It is water. You get in the water. You go down to the water. You come up out of the water. It is a picture. And you follow in baptism knowing that it has no spiritual powers, no supernatural holy water, becomes an act of faith. Am I willing to humble myself in front of a crowd and get dunked in the water and no magical merit, no supernatural powers, no spiritual works are done? Well, it's done because as an evidence to show that I'm willing to obey God, even if something is silly, even if it doesn't seem to make sense, if there's nothing to it. Well, when Jesus came, he did not have to be to repent. There was nothing to repent from. He was the perfect son of God. So why did he get baptized? That's a great question. He was baptized as an example of obedience. Here he was God. Here he had done nothing wrong. He was sinless. But yet he humbled himself anyways and got baptized as an example to follow. Why should we be baptized? Because of obedience. Because this is what God has given us to do. Well, I don't need to be baptized to go to heaven. You're right. You don't need to get baptized to go to heaven. All you have to do to get to heaven is to recognize that you're a sinner. And because of your sin that you've offended a holy righteous God. And you deserve to go to hell. But Jesus paid the price for you. And you came to the place where you personally ask Christ as your savior. You accept God's gift. That's all that's required. Baptism is not required. Then why should I get baptized? As evidence, as proof that you're willing to follow after Christ. Are you willing to follow after Christ? Are you willing to humble yourself before everyone and before God to show that you're willing to obey him? That's the example that Jesus gave. He humbled himself and was willing to be baptized even though he didn't need it. There was nothing he repented of. There was no showing. There's no magical merit. It was just a public display he was willing to humble himself. To, show, to This is for the purpose that he could reach those he's trying to reach. He could be the example. He's showing himself as a humble, obedient servant who's not too good and too holy to submit himself and obey. You know, that's the only thing that Jesus ever learned is to learn Obedience, the Bible speaks about that. He had to learn obedience. Why do you have to learn obedience? Because it's something that you only learn by experience. You can't learn obedience by reading a book. You only learn obedience by obeying. Obeying. And so Jesus learned obedience. He gave the example. Now notice what happens. Verse number 10. And straightway, that means immediately, coming up out of the water... He saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove came. Now the heavens now were opened up and the Holy Spirit came down in front of every. Can you imagine a sight? Jesus Christ comes to get baptized. John puts him under. And again, this is an illustration that Jesus died and was buried and rose again. This is a prediction. It is showing everyone what's going to happen. And so Jesus is submitting. He gets baptized. Gets out of the water. And as soon as he gets out of the water. The heavens open up. And as the heavens 
opened up the Holy Spirit as an image, a vision of the dove came upon him. And remember, everyone is there. This isn't just a private moment. Multitudes have been coming to see John. They've all been watching John. In fact, in the gospel record of Luke, it says when they were all baptized, meaning that there was a crowd there that day that had come to John and John was baptizing them. And the gospel record of John, it talks about that as Uh, John is baptizing. Here's Jesus. And he says before the crowd, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. There's a crowd there that day. And as the crowd is there and they're watching Jesus and they watch John make a big deal, said, No, I need to be baptized of you. And Jesus said, No. And in the gospel record of Matthew, it explains the reasoning. This is done to fulfill all righteousness. He says, no, I'm going to be submit to baptize because I'm going to fulfill righteousness. I'm going to show as an example, this is what needs to be done in obedience. And so John does this. And as John baptizes, the big crowd is there. Jesus comes up, the heavens open. Can you imagine what that would be like to see the heavens open? And from there, the Holy Spirit, the fashion of a dove, descends down. Now, this is done in such a way that the people know this isn't just some dove that, oh, look at the nice dove. It came and landed on Jesus as like some Disney fairy tale thing. This is something that the people recognize. This is different. This is not a dove. It's something in the form of a dove. It's the best way I could describe it. And it descends from open heaven and it comes down upon Jesus Christ. Now, Why is this significant? We'll speak more about this on Wednesday. But Jesus Christ was 100% God and 100% man. And to be the example that he ought to be, not only did he give the example of obedience, he also gave the example of always being filled and controlled by the Spirit. As the Spirit descends down, it is showing the endorsement from heaven and the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. The endorsement. And everyone saw them. This is something special here. In fact, later on in the Gospel record of John, people would say, why are you baptizing? What's the purpose of this? And John said, listen, God told me that I'm going to baptize. And one of the people, the one that God chose, God is going to send a mark, a sign from heaven. So I'm trying to find who's that guy. That's the one I'm looking for. I'm baptizing everyone because they're coming to be obedient. But I'm telling you, I'm looking for that one. I'm looking for that one. Well, Jesus was that one. And so as he baptized Jesus, Jesus came up, heavens open, and this Holy Spirit as a dove came down. Everyone's watching and say, this is different. I haven't seen this before. It's marking that Jesus Christ is there. The beginning of the public ministry and showing that Jesus Christ is going to be led of the Spirit all of his earthly ministry. So we start off with the visit. Then we see the vision And then we hear the voice. The voice. Notice with me in verse 11. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. 
Now imagine being there. You're part of the crowd. And you watch as John makes just a big to-do. There he is! There he is! The Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. That's him! I've been telling you about it. That's him! And so Jesus comes down and John's like, man, I've been telling everyone that you're coming and you're going to baptize in the Holy Spirit. You're going to be baptized with, with fire that you're going to do things. I'm not even worthy to unloose your shoe, to untie your shoe. I'm not worthy. I'm so glad to see you. And Jesus says, all right, John, well, I'm ready to get baptized. What do you mean? No, I should be baptized of you. You're the higher one. I want to be. Jesus says, no, I'm doing this to fulfill righteousness. Yes, sir. Well, if Jesus tells you something to do, yes, sir. And so they bring him in the water and everyone's watching. John was making a big deal of this guy. What's so special about him? This guy He's from, not even from Jerusalem. He has an accent. He's from Galilee. He's one of those people that don't talk right. He's some backwater person. Why is John make, he doesn't even go to the university. He didn't go to the seminary. He didn't go to the rabbi school. Why is John making such a big deal of this guy? So they're curious. They want to see what's going to happen. And so God has an audience watching this event. Jesus gets in. John brings them under. Brings them back up. And as soon as he gets up, by the way, the gospel record of Luke says he prayed. Thank you, Lord. And the heavens open. The Holy Spirit came down in a form of a dove. And people are watching it descend upon Jesus. And just when it couldn't get any more fantastical, any more out there? You heard God's voice from heaven. Pronounce before everyone. Where's that voice coming from? Remember, they didn't have speakers. They didn't have some internet. They didn't have someone playing a trick. They heard God's voice speak. And everyone heard it. Thou art my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. Imagine what it would be like to hear God's voice. Now we know that there are many people in the Bible who have heard God's voice. The children of Israel at Mount Sinai. Remember how they responded? Oh, if we keep hearing God's voice, we're going to die. That is, so this isn't just some disembodied narrator that you're hearing. It's not a voice actor. This is the power of God speaking. And they all hear it. Wow. Now notice God said, this is who am I well pleased. Why should I get baptized? Because it pleases God. Because you made a decision you're going to obey him. Now something amazing that we see here is that we see the triune God. Some people say it the Trinity. A triune God. One God in three aspects. And we see all three aspects present at the same time time. You have God the Son who is physically there. We have God the Holy Spirit who's to sin down visibly and is there. And you hear the voice of God. All three present at the same time at the same place are there. All three aspects of that same God. What a wonderful experience. What a wonderful thing right there. Now, again, what's the point? What is the thing here? Well, Jesus Christ is doing this 
as he surrenders himself, formed in a servant of no reputation, to be obedient. As he follows in baptism, he is obedient. Notice what it says now in verse number 12. And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. So the Holy Spirit descends down and immediately the Holy Spirit brings Jesus to the wilderness. Verse 13, and he, Jesus, was in the wilderness 40 days tempted of Satan. Now pause. Some people say, as the account goes on, that Satan appeared. No, for all 40 days he was tempted. Notice if you don't mind, I'm not trying to dive into Wednesday's uh, too much, but notice what it says too. Verse 13, and he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beast. For 40 days he was out there with the wild beast. There was things he had to contend with spiritually. He had to contend things within himself of being hungry, of being thirsty. And the Bible said he was hungry and thirsty. He also had to contend with the dangers of being out in the wilderness with the snakes and the scorpions and everything else that's out there. Why? Why in the world? To be obedient. To do it for obedience. To surrender and say, Lord, whatever you tell me to do. Now again, think about baptism. Baptism has no saving power. It doesn't wash away my sins. It doesn't do anything supernaturally. I get in front of a crowd. I allow someone to put me in the water and bring me out of the water. And no magical thing happens. Why? Because of obedience. If you're willing to be obedient to baptism, you're more than likely going to be willing to be obedient in other areas. If someone says, well, I'm not going to be baptized. Well, if you're not going to be obedient to baptism, you are more than likely not going to be obedient to God in all the other areas. It's all about obeying Christ, obeying the Lord. And Jesus was the example. He was the example in front of a crowd. He was an example when it affected his personal private life when no one else was there. He was willing to be obedient. That's the whole picture of the gospel record of Mark. The gospel record of Mark shows Jesus Christ as the perfect servant of no reputation. The gospel record of Luke shows Jesus Christ as the perfect man. The one who is sinless. The one who always does what is right. The example for us to follow. That is what Jesus Christ has done. And the baptism of Jesus Christ gives us this example that we can follow after him. So what do you do with such information? Well, the quick answer is, how is your obedience? Is there something in your life that you know that you should be doing, but you put it off for some reason? You explain it away? Well, the reason why I don't read my Bible is because of well, the reason why I don't pray like I should is because of. Well, the reason why I'm not faithful to church is because of. Well, the reason why I don't do this is because of. It's all about our obedience. Jesus Christ was obedient in all areas. He did it because it was right to fulfill all righteousness. He did it as an example for us to follow. So how is your obedience? Now, of course, it could be easy for a preacher at this time to say, all right, well, let's just start naming areas. But the wonderful thing is that I don't have to. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you very easily can say, you know, the thing I've been working on, that. The thing that he's been trying to work with you to get you to surrender and finally to say yes to, that.
The Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher. And the Holy Spirit could be working right now. Especially if you're listening. Lord, what is it that I need to obey on? What is it that I've been struggling with? And you could ask God, give me the courage. Give me the bravery to respond to you. To say yes to you. Maybe it's just a simple fact that you just need to make a decision about making decisions. Lord, every time that you open your word, I want to be obedient. No matter what it is, I'm giving this surrender to you. I'll be obedient. I'll be willing to follow after you. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.